0: Here's your host, Dane Carlson.
1: Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, we're here with John Lynn. John is the co-founder of Sella Innovation. John, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Dane. Pleasure to be here.
1: So, John, what is Sella Innovation?
2: Yeah, Sella is our company. We do two things. Number one is that we build accelerators, startup accelerator programs with partners. Uh, in the past, that's meant universities and corporations. Uh, in the future, it will mean accelerators for local communities and municipalities. Uh, the other thing that we do is bring that industry together. So, in a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe a similar way as, as you're doing with the Econ Dev Show, bringing together the accelerators of the world into a profession so that they're connected and able to. Um, Benefit from each other's experiences. So, we do events just for accelerator professionals and we build accelerators.
1: Gotcha. So, for our listeners who maybe don't know, give us the 30 second pitch of what an accelerator is.
2: Sure. So, currently, accelerators are the most efficient way for venture capitalists to source and develop startup companies that they historically, and they, they're now adopted by almost every major startup economy in the world, you'll find these programs, tens of thousands of them worldwide active, according to our own estimates right now. The entire industry was begun in 2007 by names that might sound familiar, Techstars and Y Combinator, which had produced companies like Dropbox and Airbnb and uh, Reddit. And they were created in Boulder and in Silicon Valley by investor groups intending to more easily find startups. And then Due diligence on them by working with them. Um, as a result, though, it's become clear that this model is not just great for sourcing and developing startups, but also for creating outcomes for startups. Whether that's fundraising, growing their team, creating their financial strategy, going to market, producing press opportunities, everything that a company needs to to to, to grow.
1: So, your uh, company, Sela, helps put these together. Helps like what exactly? What exactly do you do? So you come into a community, or you it go to a business to build an accelerator, yeah. right? Exactly. That's what I'm asking.
2: And sure. It means uh, something different to different groups. This is still a new space, and what is an accelerator? What is a studio? What is an incubator? What is something else? Is kind of in the eye of the beholder. Still and part of why we do the industry development work that we do. From our perspective an accelerator has three features, regardless of what you call it. Uh, It is cohort driven. So it's not something that's for an individual company. It's not something that's for three companies that do one class in it together and four companies that do another. The entire set of companies goes through the entire experience together. That's a cohort. It's not just a curriculum, it's an experience or project driven curriculum. So there is content, but it's always placed in the context of the business that is being built. And then third, that content is being facilitated and delivered, not necessarily by subject matter experts, uh, but by experts out in the field, people that are doing this work today. So if you have a goal to build out your domain authority on Google, you're not gonna go take a class on it from Google, you are going to be put in touch with an SEO professional that is helping another startup do this today with success. Um, so between having a cohort, a project driven curriculum and um, operator experts, uh, those are the three features of an accelerator program, typically about three months long. So we, we come in, we provide that curriculum, we provide the processes that help bring the experience together. And we provide the network that's needed in order to bring those professionals to the platform.
1: Uh, so this is, I, I was reading um, about Westchester County. Yes. I think they, they developed one of these programs with you. So walk me through that. How did that part all play out? How did that work?
2: Sure. So one thing that we've seen across communities as we exit the pandemic is that number one, the importance of entrepreneurship has kind of begun to set a little bit. Everyone is more on the same page that this is something that is maybe a core skill for having individuals and organizations be resilient in the changes of the new economy. Technology and innovation are just changing everything day to day and abilities are something everybody needs to some extent. The other aspect is that it can be a way to invite new stakeholders and new operators into your community. If maybe you were a place that people understood as a financial hub, in the past in the way that New York City was seen. Well, now there might be an opportunity to add an element of being a tech hub or an entrepreneurial hub, um, with this new space that's emerged post-pandemic. So, uh, regardless of whether those were things that play with Westchester, what, uh, the county saw there was that there is enormous growth happening in the New York City ecosystem and that, uh, Westchester being adjacent to the county, um, is uh could stand to benefit by being closer to that growth. and in addition has plenty of its own resources and talented individuals universities corporations that could make its own world-class startup ecosystem if it was brought together in the right way and when we are looking at projects and considering what what, what scenarios we're going to step into we, we look for there to be certain things already in place and westchester had all of them um, and so we felt it was the right time. They had the, uh, I think the vision for where a, a more robust entrepreneurial community could, could be impactful for their constituency. And we began, uh, to, uh, really design what that would, what that would look like.
1: So what were those elements that they had that you look for in a place?
2: Sure. So some of the ones that I listed, um. great schools and universities. You want to see that there is emerging and developing talent readily accessible. Uh, You want to see an existing business community, whether that's a robust small business community or even some corporate uh, activity as well. Uh, Those are groups that are going to be the foundation of a startup community that comes out of the county. Uh, But a lot of those relationships, whether it's with Financial groups, banks, other traditional stakeholders in the ecosystem are are currently um, organized in in those existing communities. So you want to see those in in a certain place.
1: Gotcha, that Um, makes
2: sense. And then you want to see interest from from the from the constituency. You want to see people doing their own work to become a part of the startup world and, and see that if they had a little bit more support wow maybe they could be it be one of these mixes for a startup that gets
1: you you mentioned a second ago that um there were these core skills that you you teach around entrepreneurship and you you sa- you said that's a core skill but and that people need it is that is that not being taught elsewhere like are people growing up and and um, making it all the way through school and out into the workforce and they haven't the slightest idea of how to how to start a business, how to grow a business, how to, how to, you know, how to sell a product, how to do any of that kind of stuff. Is that, is that what you're seeing?
2: So I do believe that based on gaps that we fill, based on where people are coming to us from with their existing knowledge base, whether they're at an investing accelerator, that's been active for 10 years or something that we're helping set up right now, there, there are consistent topics that we see we need, we need to help fill in. How do you incorporate? Uh, Do you need, a, a website. How do you make a bank account? How do you charge? How do you get money from a customer? Uh, what is an invoice? Yeah, I mean, these are really basic things that anybody can can do if you are intending to set up a business. But that aren't really clearly taught anymore. If you go take a business class, they're gonna they're gonna give you case studies about right. all these high level kind of strategic decisions that get made that do end up making the big difference between the scalable and. In a traditional kind of growth, growth, growth curve, but, um, but you need need, need, there is space for, for some of these extra perspectives.
1: Gotcha. So in a sense, that's kind of like what the small business development centers, the SBDC do, right? They, people come to them and, and they're, they're starting a small business. It's obviously not a tech company. It's not um, in that space, but they're, and maybe it's a lifestyle business or something that's going to be relatively small, but they don't know these basic things about how to um, do many of the things that you mentioned. So that's interesting that you see that even in the, even in what you would assume is a more connected sort of tech industry, that you see that yeah, same I yeah, differentiation.
2: I think your expertise as an economic deve- development professional is showing right now, right? I mean, I was not aware of that, but I think as soon as you mentioned, well, there are these traditional resources that almost every city and, 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 and right. county municipality has, whether it's a small business service or something else that you call it, um, but not everybody who's thinking about creating a certain kind of business is right. considering that avenue for it. So how do we right. get that awareness to overlap?
1: Right. So uh, does creating an accelerator mean that you have to have a, a space, you have to have a, a center that where people go and work, or is that something different?
2: Mm. One of the lessons of the pandemic is that there is inherent value to in-person interactions, especially when it comes to community and business development. That being said, one thing that we have seen true across the way that the venture community and the accelerator industry has responded to the virtualization of commerce in a lot of ways when it comes to startups, is that these programs can be run with the same level of impact at a lower level of investment if done virtually. So a full scale program that might be bought by a corporation for seven figures can now be delivered at a portion of of that expense in a virtual format that that does deliver similar outcomes. Now, again, that needs to be balanced with the return to in-person advantages and benefits, especially as we're you know, if we're looking at these as an effort to community organize and, and redevelop that there will be a returning and important in-person aspect. Uh, but right now we're still we're, we're we're still seeing most programs, whether they're new post pandemic or just got through the pandemic but are are incumbents uh, having success as as virtual programs right now.
1: And then Is this only for large communities, large cities, or does something like this work? Is there a minimum threshold that you have to have in your community to really put this together? For example, if you had a very, very small town and maybe you had a very rich um, individual or maybe maybe someone local who had a lot of money and they wanted to pour some money into something like this, would that... Do you see success in that situation or do you really have a minimum threshold of sort of population and businesses and, and schools and all that? Do you, is it really more of an urban or maybe even a suburban thing and not something that would work in a rural area?
2: This is such an afforded question right now. And it, it's a little bit of a religious war, I think. Okay. Um, and in terms of the perspectives at play, there are very strong feelings that uh, there needs to be a critical mass in inter- place, especially if you talk to. I think some of the incumbent startup community organizers. Um, Our philosophy is more uh, something I call bring in to bring forward. So if you bring in the framework and the platform, then you are going to bring forward the individuals that want whether or not they have, they currently have the skills network resources to do so. On top of that interest, a robust community can be built. Maybe it doesn't produce a venture-backable startup for five years, but you have to have one before the other. Right. So as long as you're designing the outcomes correctly, I think um, th- this is something that any community could benefit from and that all communities should consider. Now, one group, one resource I'd, I'd point anybody thinking about this question to is a book called The New Builders by Seth Levine and Elizabeth McFryand which talks about the history of entrepreneurship in in the United States and and how its returning importance is something we have a foundation for nationally and examples of that in our history, which are helpful, but also talk about how uh, there are ways that community banks and other already existing platforms for, for business development could be more accessible to federal policy and funding that uh, is it, it, blocked a little bit in getting all the way down to those grassroots. And that having a platform that can bring those efforts forward might make it more more likely for those uh, resources to get connected to people. So, um,
1: And you just mentioned the sort of historical basis of this. And thinking about that, that's absolutely the case. The United States was built on um, entrepreneurialism and every little small town... In the Mississippi Basin that had a river that could engage in trade, had uh, agricultural and shipping that went out of their little small community, which meant that they had local banks, which means they had local dollars to invest in local developments. Yeah, you're right. There is this historical precedent for developing in this sort of way, as opposed to the, um, the late 20th century, wherein there was a critical mass of people moving to Silicon Valley, moving to other sort of eco hubs of development and things coming out of that. This is something that would take place in a a variety of smaller communities all across the world if the pieces are all there in place.
2: Said much better than I, yes. And now that you bring it up, (laughs) thank you for that. But but, but it's true. And and now that if you go a little bit further, you can see, and this is the point that's made in the book, wish it was mine because it's such a great history, but um, they talk about how The efforts to fund and explore the new world in Portugal and Spain in the 16th century are pretty similar to the way that Silicon Valley is working right now, where you're looking for individual funders. You're having these pioneers taking on the costs and the risks and the expense of going out to sea, maybe getting lost there forever, um, but also maybe finding North America um, kind of being a, a, a similar value proposition.
1: Interesting. Interesting. That's I never thought of that. That's pretty interesting. So what does something like this cost? If you were to come into a mid-sized community, obviously, maybe we don't want to talk numbers, but is this something that we're going to need um, millions and millions and millions of dollars to put together or what?
0: Sure.
2: So I think also one of the differences that's occurring and how these platforms are built out and, and what they offer is that they're where they used to be sold as kind of products, we're now taking an approach of, well, what is the outcome we're looking at and what does it cost to achieve that outcome through some level of programmatic? Um, and in, in some ways, that's, a, that's not as good of a business because you are uh, not selling one thing that works in one way, but it is what's needed in the market right now. And it, it is what... Uh, the the way that we can get the most accelerators, the most programs, the most entrepreneurship happening in the US right now. So if we say we want to have 50 startups that have achieved a $5 million valuation within the next three years, um, that's something that will require a multi-year significant investment. If we're looking at, can we get professionals from this space to interact with our community as educators and get some creativity and collaboration flowing. Well, that might be more like an event series or, or or a course that's driven by some of these professionals. And, and it still has all the elements of an accelerator, but we're, we're not, we're not swinging for the, for the moon with that, uh, with that target. So whether it's working with us and we're not the only ones doing this, I recommend that anybody thinking about how entrepreneurship can play a role through a platform of some kind, think about the outcome first, because that will help you back into the cost and the investment needed much more easily.
1: Good advice. Where can somebody find out more about this? Let's say they're, obviously they can go to your website and contact you, but let's say they want, they, this is sort of piqued their interest and they just want to learn more about uh, accelerators and this process and and how this works and other successes that other uh, communities and regions have had, what would you recommend they look at?
2: Sure. I think the number one thing to do would be to look at, at the stories already occurring from these platforms. So if, you, if you're if you not familiar with how Dropbox became Dropbox or how Reddit did Reddit or how Airbnb, Airbnb, like find out that story because an accelerator is crucial to it. Um, a a startup from Techstars called SendGrid was the first IPO from an accelerator in the history of the space, happened just before the pandemic. They're just a great case study for understanding how an accelerator can be that catalyst, but also long term play a role throughout the life cycle of the company and being successful. Um, because it, it is about the program, but it's also about the relationships that you get long term as a result. Um, so, I, I, number one would be to to, to look at the stories that are, that that are already happening. Um, And then number two would honestly be to, to get in touch with some of these programs. And that doesn't mean signing up for one of their contact lists, but it might mean taking a look at their social media and seeing what they're talking about. Because even if that program isn't aligned for you at that moment or for what you want to be working on, they are hubs of information and commerce themselves, and you will see all the different things that are happening around them just by seeing what they talk about. Third, I think uh, LinkedIn is a great place to understand more. If you type in mentor and you see all the individuals that are mentoring that identify as a mentor on their LinkedIn profile, you'll see an incredible diversity of professionals at all different stages with all different kinds of participation with these companies playing a role. And it might not be the full-time job, but they sure are proud of it and talking about it online. And I think that can be a really powerful way to understand how significant the space may be.
1: Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to, that we really need to?
2: So it was honestly just a great spread of questions on, on this space, both in terms of where we're coming from as, as an industry and, and where it's going. So I'm not sure I have better questions myself And off the top of my head. I don't have anything additional, but I would highlight and and come back to that kind of focus on on outcomes. I think the more that we we think about, okay, we're going to make our community the AI capital of this state, or we're going to make ourselves the sports capital of this region. It's something that I think we can we we see analogs for in the way that economic development has been successful in the past: entrepreneurship, tech innovation. I think is more of a sort of micro fabric, and it's built around the outcomes that occur in a very incremental basis. So pushing too hard in a certain direction can actually close doors for where your your community can go. But focusing on, okay, we want to create this many jobs or we want to create this availability to these kinds of resources or this kind of contact or this kind of network, and then see what people build off of that now now we're getting closer to where an accelerator can be really, really impactful
1: so are you saying that saying you want to be the silicon valley of whatever ai is is that's not the way to go is that what you're saying instead just i think
2: going taking a push approach we're going we're going yeah. we're going to push and be there's hardware in right the southwest um you might want to have an element to that I think you also want to create a more a broader approach that says, hey, regardless of how we get there, maybe it's hardware, maybe maybe it's something else. We want to see this many jobs in the sector, right. or we want to see this many this many students in, in, in courses on this content, or we want to see this much attendance to these kinds of events.
1: That makes sense. And as economic developers, we are totally guilty of deciding what we are and then telling the community that, hey, we're the new capital of this, and so get busy as opposed to giving them the tools necessary for them to sort of figure out what what their passion is and what, you know, where they see an opportunity in the market and then supporting them along that way.
2: Again, uh, more well said by you, but yeah, that's the point.
1: Good. Good. Well, John, this has been fabulous. Um, if our I listeners so. want, to, want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that?
2: Anybody uh, who's taken the time to, to hear our conversation today is welcome to contact me directly. Uh, my email I can give to you to, to put in the show notes, but it's JFL at uh, you can reach our team at Sella at sellainnovation.com, And we are super active on LinkedIn. So if you find us there, you'll you'll get the closest look at what we're about.
1: Well John, thank you so much. You've been great. And I I've learned more than I was expecting to learn. So I that's really good. What a compliment.
2: Thank you, Dan. I enjoyed as well. You're while. welcome.